Grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. In the season of Epiphany, we've got the miracles that are showing us that Jesus is God, but also we have a very strong emphasis on God's mission to the world. It's a bit different than the time of Pentecost when we think about that kind of mission when Jesus sends out his church. Before any sending is the actual calling into God's mission. We hear it in our text today. It stands out on all of them. A miraculous catch of fish ends with Jesus saying to Peter, from now on, you'll be catching men. There's the call. St. Paul also redirects the Corinthians to the original calling for them as a church above the personal glories that they were trying to seek after, like speaking in tongues, Paul asked, how can anyone in the position of an outsider say amen to your thanksgiving when he does not know what you're saying? The Old Testament reading, though, stands out because the call of Isaiah was not about going out, but a working within Israel. Besides being the most quoted prophet in the New Testament for messianic prophecies about Jesus, Isaiah had a ministry that lasted 60 years, and it was over the reign of four kings. And so his burden was not with evangelizing the outsiders or some kind of allurement to privatize religion, like we face today in our culture, not to say much about those things. Isaiah, frankly, he felt out of place since his mission to Israel and Israel's mission to the world rested in God's holiness. Now, the problem is, is without the Holy One, there was no holy message to proclaim. And certainly there was no holy people that could bear that message into the world. And so you have to ask yourself, and this is why it's so hard to define today, because we don't use the word holy in our culture. But don't let it fool you. A secular culture still has places of holiness because you got a Super Bowl coming up. And everybody knows that football field is a sacred space. And only certain people are allowed to go in there. And if someone runs out of the stadium or out of the, out of the, the, the bleachers and runs out there, what's going to happen? Someone's going to jump them, even if it's a fan, right? Holiness is much more than a sacred space, though. Holiness is about the, the perfection of, of, of all things. And so the mission of God, frankly, is His holiness needed for us and what is so much vital for the world. God reigns miraculously in holiness before this world. Where some seek after over the good old ages of the past, none of it holds up or lasts long. Before Isaiah was called to be a prophet, there were good times and glories for Judah that were under King Uzziah. And his reign, you have to know, was a stable reign. He reigned for 51 years. 
That's pretty good. Such strength and success also led down a looser path to life, though. Because that stability kind of was like, well, we're safe, we're secure, and it led down to looser ways. And it even dared to intrude upon God's holiness. And so, when Uzziah tried to burn incense at the temple, we can read in 2 Chronicles how he was left, it says, when he tried to do that. He was left to be a leper to the day of his death. And being a leper lived in a separate house, for he was excluded from the house of the Lord. The death of this king was a relief from his physical suffering of leprosy that he had. A changing scene to Judah, and frankly, it, it had a gloomy outlook. Now, we too are right in the midst of instability and degradation at all levels in our society. And a kind of secularizing has been happening. And it even despises the sacredness of God. As much as the world, though, shifts and stumbles, God still reigns in his holiness. This is what you have to keep in mind. While Isaiah, while Uzziah died like other rulers, Isaiah had a vision, right? You heard it today, of God that set the tone for his calling to be a prophet. The Lord was on his mighty throne, and this kind of holiness forgotten by Israel, it was still valid and good before the eternal praise of the angels. And Isaiah heard the unchanging announcement of heaven. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Men might run after the arrogance of our ages to claim progress despite the cost of what it might mean for the next generation. And yet the Holy One has a mission based out of His holiness over all the nations. It means God keeps judging sin by the law. Death, as we feel it shaking our lives and our family or in society as it changes from death, it's no hindrance to God and His ways of life. And frankly, secular affairs that may seem empty to us of God are still not outside of His care. So participation with the holy God leaves a need for cleansing. What Isaiah saw only intensified the reality of his sinfulness. It wasn't a big old party. As the Lord set himself apart by a tree in a garden, right, with Adam and Eve, as he had set himself distinctly apart from Moses by a burning bush, the whole nation of Israel in the Holy of Holies got God. Not because God was evil, but the unholy problem that came from man remained with man. All he could do was to confess his woe of sinfulness of that of all the people of God. And so miracles are not merely good things for life. That's how we think of them to be. A 
a good healing, and all that's fine, or something to get us out of a tight situation. It's a miracle. But did you notice that in our text today, for Isaiah and with Peter, those miracles led those men to repentance. How has this undeserved favor of God toward us given reason to confess our sinfulness to be no different from the rest? So in other words, if you feared death over these past two years and not fallen and turned to the Lord to say, you've had mercy on me because I'm still here, you're missing the point of his holiness because you don't have a right to live. God tells us in, in his holiness who can stand before me. If we've had despair over the way things have gone in our personal life or as a nation, what are you going to do about it? We turn to the Lord and say, have mercy, because his holiness has not changed no matter what we want to change. Left with a need for cleansing brings out the fact of the mission of God and his holiness toward us. Isaiah could do nothing, but you saw what happened. An angelic seraph delivered the service to him to touch his lips of what came from the altar before God. So instead of burning the sinner, as you'd say, and up in holiness, what happened? The glowing coal purified, promising all guilt taken away. Of course, Isaiah later spoke not of a coal, but of the perfect sacrifice God has given in Jesus Christ for all. Do you understand Isaiah speaks more messianic prophecies than any other Old Testament prophet and what that really means? He said things like this. You know it. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth like a lamb that is led to the slaughter. Who's that speaking of? Jesus. The altar of God is the cross of Christ. And his purity satisfies the mission of God's holiness. So without him, you can praise whatever gods you want. You can go after whatever gods you think there are. But without Jesus who's brought that holiness of God to us by his great sacrifice and love, we're in trouble. And so Christ speaks forgiveness before our life by that gospel, saying, like he did to Peter, do not be afraid, because he was afraid, not because of the great miracle. And he's going to make some big money off of all those fish. No, it was because he was before the holy God, that close to him, right in the boat. But Jesus says, don't be afraid. And he even declares to us that confidence to draw near because he draws near to us so that he can touch our lips with his love of a coal that now comes to us in his Lord's Supper. It stands upon your very mouths that God gives you his holiness to eat and to drink. And so holiness with God amazingly calls us into his mission that is vital. With forgiveness rendered, Isaiah could serve as a prophet to Israel. The Lord was urgent with his call 
You heard what he said at the end of the text, pretty fast and sweet. But you hear what happened? It wasn't the angels that said, we'll go and do it. Isaiah spoke up and said, here am I, send me. It left him that willingness to, 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 to step out. Not because of his great strength or might, not because of anything but what the Holy God made of him by grace. And so this prophet had a mission now for Israel to hear judgment and the promise of salvation. But here's the catch. Isaiah himself was clueless to that outcome. Here's what happens. In turn, over time, far beyond Isaiah's physical lifespan, Israel would go into exile and suffer judgment. And God would bring back his people, a remnant, who would have a mission to the world based on their reconnection to God's holiness. So when Jesus called Peter, James, and John, they were to follow and learn. Being fishers of men relied on him being the Holy One. This praise of holy, 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 you sing it every time we have the Lord's Supper, right? And it joins around the angels and the archangels, around Christ and his sacrament, and it's all with thankfulness. Because God is not afraid to be with men and to serve us with all the good things for men. The mission of God is already at work, you see, in the world first to us. But forgiveness received sends God's holiness into our lives. And so, yes, it comes with a great need for pastors and other church workers, such as teachers, that seriously need that kind of consideration. Here's the... It doesn't matter what age you are. God needs servants to carry out that goodness in his church and for the sake of the world. So even if you're retired, you can go to seminary. I hate to break it to you. There was a guy at seminary, I believe he was around 70 years old, when he went and started to serve the Lord in that capacity. But here's the bigger thing, right? God's call remains before all his baptized, before everyone. In whatever roles he's been given to you, or the time of life you're in, to render your lips and your lives, for you are holy to him. You are very holy to him. His love finds you fit for great service, however you may be in your life to serve. And so what is holy means the baptized in Christ extend his mission to a world of darkness, death, and impending doom. And that's why the world will hate you. It will not hate you because of you, but because you are holy in Christ. The counter of Isaiah had before God is a miracle of fearful holiness. It ushered him into a service as a prophet to an unholy Judah. And yet what this prophet spoke was a witness of God's mission for the world in the gospel. Isaiah must have kept, like St. Paul, that vision 
before his mind and heart all his days as he fearlessly confessed God's holiness. Isaiah has this great thing to consider because St. John tells us why such a great prophet was so driven beyond all others with messianic hope. You know what St. John writes in his gospel? Isaiah said these things because he saw his glory and spoke of him. Who did Isaiah see? Jesus. Who do you see on this altar for you today? Jesus. And it's with that great confidence we go into the world and into our lives. The mission of God is his holiness. We need no other. We need it for us. And believe me, with just a few of you, it's vital for this world. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. We rise the 